back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the ego of all the other people at the table. I'm Dungeon Master Mitch. And I'm Dungeon Master Chris. And this week on the Dungeon Master's Block, we're going to continue. We've talked about creating a world in the past. We're going to continue talking about how to create a world specifically we're going to talk about creating uh, the time in your world through timelines and calendars and the space through creating maps. Uh, but before we do that, Chris, uh, today we I wasn't sure if we were going to record. I asked you, Chris, are you still coming over? Because we have a winter weather warning outside. Yeah, it is, it's awful out. It is coming down like crazy. Basically, you look outside and you see white. And I, I text you, I'm like, Chris, you still planning on coming over? And you said, oh yeah. And then uh, I get another text a little bit, and I'm like, and it's it's you, and I'm like, oh, is he canceling? And he's like, my car battery is dead. I'll <laughs> yeah. see you in a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, so I had to, right. I had to call, and I got another ride up here. I borrowed a vehicle, uh, and then yeah, we made it up here. Nothing, thankfully. nothing stops us from yep. recording apparently. Yep. So uh, as you are working through your car problems and snow problems. And probably freezing your butt off. If you live in a place like we do. <laughs> yep. I I decided that, one, I was going to make you some hot chocolate, because I'm so nice. Yay. And second, that we needed a uh, Dungeon Master Oath, because we're so committed. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> together, Chris, let us recite this oath. Alright. In, in sunny, sunny day, day, in stormiest, stormiest night, will master dungeons with divine might. might. Let those who listen neither fear nor fight. The Dungeon Master's Block records tonight. So good. There so, we go. <laughs> um, That's our oath. Of course, uh, you, some of you guys may uh, recognize that uh, from a certain comic book. But uh, speaking of comics, Chris, I think we're both really excited. We're going to go to uh, our local Comic-Con here, the Grand Rapids Comic-Con. Yep. We're going to go there this weekend. By the time you guys hear this podcast, it'll be over. Uh, but hopefully we'll get to see some of our fans there. That would yeah. be sweet. We'll yeah. be wearing um, our Dungeon Master Block t-shirts and handing out um, business cards to get the word out about our podcast. But yeah, so if you see us and you're in the area, come up and say yeah, hi. We'd we'll like to actually meet if you, you in person. If you hear this, if you're a time traveler and you hear us talking about <laughs> it right now, and you go back to the past to go to Grand Rapids Comic Con. Come up and tell us that you time traveled. Yeah. Well, we'll be some, we'll be posting. Somebody on... actually did that. Like now, <laughs> that'd I would be freak so out. creepy. Yeah. That'd be weird. But if <laughs> you, you, yeah, I mean, we'll be posting it on Twitter and stuff like that that yep. we're going to. So if you do see us, come up and say. Or if we did see you, we loved seeing you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, uh, let's uh, move into shout outs now, yep. right? Shoutouts. Uh, first shout out of the day comes from Thermal Square. It says these podcasts are great. Good for noobs such as me trying to learn to become a great DM. Keep up the good work, Dungeon Masters, Chris and Mitch. Gave us five stars. Thank you, Thermal Square. Greatly appreciated. Yeah, five stars again. All five stars so far. We're I loving like it. this. I'm yeah. cool with that. Uh, the second shout-out goes, uh, it's entitled Amazing, and once again, another five star. It's from Jacob the Zombie, and it is. it says, Great podcast. I always listen to it while I'm at work. Then I take out my iPod and jot down ideas about my next campaign. Go Food maids. You get that, a lot. You've gotten a lot of comments on your food maids idea. I, I, I don't Through know. Emails I, and Twitter. Because. I I remember recording that in episode six. Uh, if you haven't, if you don't know what the food maids is, go back and listen to uh, the our creation inspiration pod uh, in uh, with episode six yeah, and listen yeah. to that. 
But uh, I remember talking about, I bring up the food mage, you hadn't known I was going to bring up a food mage, and you're just like, what the heck, what is this? It was my number 10 out of like the list. Yeah, so out of all the, of them. It was the bottom one, but apparently people like the food mage. I think mage. that was the one we've gotten the most response I haven't even used mage. it yet, yeah, but I'm, I'm planning true. on using it sometime. It's, yep. <laughs> it's a cool idea. Go like food it. mage! Go food mage. Well, let's head over to story time now, shall we, Mitch? Story time. The time during the episode we talk about what happened last week during our campaigns, our favorite moments, what we learned about ourselves, and what we learned about each other. Please join us now as we enjoy Storytime. So Mitch, this week for Storytime, I didn't DM, so I don't have anything to really contribute to this time, but you DM'd since last time we had a Storytime, so why don't you share with us... Uh, what exactly you did in your campaign. Well, you have something to contribute because you played. Oh, well, that's true. It was a great yeah, night. That's true. Um, yeah, this past week I really had a, a great time DMing. Uh, we had a really awesome couple events that happened, but it all started with you guys have been going on this uh, this journey, this quest, uh, either for, for the gods or by the gods. You're not really sure yet. Right. But you guys have been going on this quest, and you're, you're, you're having to travel a lot on this quest. Yeah, we are. There's lots of... Basically, it's this big quest that has a ton of mini-quests, and you have to keep going on these mini-quests to get components for a sacrifice to the gods. And so, you guys are heading east on... in the uh, country of Shemesh, and you're heading east, and all of a sudden, like last week, we talked... We might have talked about it on our past story time a little bit, but you guys came across, like, dead, dead orcs and, like, skeletons like attacked you guys yeah so you guys are like what's what's up with this like what's going on and so this time you guys keep heading east and now you're like all right skeletons are after us this is weird what's going on all these skeletons have like a skull mark a black skull mark in their forehead and you guys are are just keep on moving and basically you guys get surrounded by this army of skeletons yeah like, in yeah. the middle of the night, like you see, like torches all around you, and these skeletons. We were trying to, to outrun you. them as fast yeah. as we could, and we just we. And you were no you were we outrunning them, but then they came from all different right, angles, right. and like you were just as if some divine will was driving them right, towards you. <laughs> right. Um, so you guys had this huge battle, um, just fighting skeletons. It and, took like two and a half hours. Yeah, it was a, it was a big battle. Yeah. We had like tons of skeletons. And then uh, there were skeletons riding skeleton wolves, and there were skeleton hill giants, and just like... Oh, is that what they were? They were were, uh, big hill skeleton hill giants, and so you guys were just fighting this massive army of skeletons, and you guys were about the point where you guys were going to die. Yeah, Um, we were getting like Some of you guys were, yeah, yeah, some of you guys were getting really bad, and I... I had put up on the initiative board event, so you guys are like, what is this event? Like the whole battle, like what is this event? Well, one of the guys, the little leprechaun guy that was with us, he like yeah. touched a rock and it started glowing, and so we were like, maybe it's a bomb <laughs> yeah, that's going to destroy yeah, all of them after you guys a while. That. But uh, that wasn't what it was. <laughs> well, the, so you guys um, started to hear this rumbling, and you look over the hill and you see this lone rider appear, and he's riding on a Cerberus, and he has like a, a lance with like a mace at the end of it right. and he just doesn't look friendly and I have them I have just to mess with you guys I threw up the boss like initiative magnet and like so this thing starts running towards you guys 
And you guys are like, we're about to die. How yeah, is we're really going to die now. Yeah. And it turns out that this thing was on your side, whoever this was. And then all of a sudden the rumbling continued. And over the over the hill, <laughs> stone giants come. Yeah. And they just start smashing all the skeletons. And so you guys are about to die. <clears throat> and you're saved by uh, this guy called Sheldar and all these so- stone giants. Um, which led to you guys being picked up. And like I, you were unconscious, right, at this point? Yeah, yeah, I was. Unco- like, there was one party member who was not unconscious, and but they all got you all got picked up, thrown into these sacks that the uh, sil- the hill giants were carrying, and you guys got brought to like a city of hill mm-hmm. giants, and you guys had no idea what was happening. And through this, you guys had you guys had some of your thoughts before, like maybe hill giants aren't so bad. Like everybody, thinks yeah, my character bad. never. He was like, I don't think stone giants are yeah. as bad as what everybody thinks they are because. We ran into stone giants before, and they, like, picked us up and brought us out and set us down and then did their thing. Yeah. And then left. And I was like, Except, look. Well, like, but there was still that doubt, because what was their thing that they well, did? Well, they, they took some satyrs for yeah. some reason. We still don't know the reason. I was like, yeah. let's go follow them. They were nice to us. They're probably friendly. And uh, the rest of our group was just like, no, like, they are going to kill those yeah. things. Like, we're not going to follow them. But anyways, yeah, so I didn't doubt. Yeah. But everybody else was... Kind of doubting the stone giants men, or their their motive for taking us. And so this guy, this Sheldar, who uh, appears to be a human, he like helped you guys out and was basically like wanted to know what was going on, what you guys were doing, why these skeletons were following you, and yeah. you guys were like, we don't know. But like eventually, you told them, wish like, we knew. Yeah, we are on this quest for we think the gods, and like he seemed very interested and like he worked with you guys and helped you guys and you guys got to spend basically a night at in yeah. a hill giant city and for beds what did they do for beds for you we yeah this is where i started to freak out cuz i was like i was totally trusting up until this point like you were like they take you out of the bag you're sitting on a platter yeah. like they're going to they're, they're feasting all around yeah you. they're feasting like, all around us they're dropping full like full like cooked bowls yeah. and they're just eating them like they're chicken wings and you guys are like there's a giant bowl that's been cooked, and you guys are like, yeah. Peeling and so off I meat. was they they took us into the kitchen at the end of the night, like we'd had a conversation, so we knew that they weren't like going to eat us at that moment. And uh, they took us into the kitchen, and they the the chef guy like cuts a nice little piece of bread for us, <laughs> like lays it out, and then says something in stone giant like boom, boom, like this is your bed or something like that. And I was just like, I am having none of this. Like, this is not... And I'm a rogue, so I was like, I'm going to go find somewhere to hide. You're and... like, I am not going to be a halfling sandwich. Yeah, right I was now. like, no, there's no way. I didn't come here to get eaten in a sandwich. <laughs> and so I, I hid for the night, and uh, everybody else was like, they got up in the morning, and the chef was like, come on, like, we got breakfast for you. And I was like, you everybody's like, where are you? I was like, I'm not coming out. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And you were like, are you sure you don't want to come out? I was like, yeah, I'm sure I don't want to come out. Hmm. And then I think I tried to like roll a hide check again yeah. or something like that. And I got a crit one. You hid behind a jar of pickles. I hid behind a jar of pickles and they picked it up. And then I was just kind of like cowering there. And the guy's like, what are you doing in here? He like, like picks you up by like the, the back, back of my coat. Yeah, and like he like wag, wags his finger at you like, what are you doing? Like you're not eating before like breakfast is yeah, served. Yeah. Like, and they picked me up and brought me back out with my friends. It was just like... Because I was like, I don't know what's actually going to happen. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we're supposed to escape here or what. And I was like, I'm going to at least try and help my friends mm-hmm. if we're, in fact, going to be getting eaten by these things. So my tensions were good. It was a great time, and you guys got to know this Sheldar character a little bit more, and he pointed you guys into a 
good direction to like continue your, your quest. What did you think of him? Did you have any thoughts? Uh, I don't know exactly. I'm thinking he that's not the last we're going to see of him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how... Like, we asked him if he would come with us, and he was like, no, like, I'm not... Like, this is my place. Wherever I go, like, evil follows me or something like that. He's like, this is the place... Or death follows him. He's like, this is the place where I find that death doesn't follow me. Probably because he's got tons of stone giants around him that just kill everything (laughs) anyways. But, yeah, I I thought he was a cool NPC riding a Cerberus was was really neat. But I don't think that's the last we're going to see of him. I have a feeling we're going to see more of him in some way, shape, or form, but... Have any theories about him? Who uh, he might be? He may be. What was the god in the rule? Is that who mm-hmm. we were coming up against? Figure he might be something like that, like giving us one last warning or something like that. Like that he might be the god in the rule, or somebody that in the rule knows. Like, hey, you know, we're giving you one last warning. Turn around, or that's it. You're gonna yeah. die. You know, but I don't know. Could be just be a troubled teen that turned into <laughs> a, a Cerberus rider and. Now it's hanging out with Stone Giants. I, no, no I guess we'll have to find out later I'm excited. on the campaign. I'm excited to find Possibly. out. Possibly. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hoping we run back into him. Yeah. I mean, this is a sandbox campaign. I could just say, right? we want to go <laughs> back to this. We want to go back. We want to go back. And I could say he's not there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could. All right. Let's, could. Uh, let's get to the meat. All right. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat? <laughs> The flight meat back on the menu, boys. All right, so today on the meat, we're talking about time and space, specifically calendars, timelines, and maps. So to begin, we're going to start talking about the time aspect of creating a world. So we're going to talk about calendars first. Now, if you're going to create a calendar, uh, where first do you start? I think the first thing that you have to realize is that there are already uh, calendars available in the D&D mythos out there. Yeah. Um, we have, for one, we have the Forgotten Realms calendar. Yeah. Um, what are some other calendars? The other one is the Greyhawk calendar. Yep. That's another part of the D&D lore there. Yep. And then there's also the Eberron calendar. And yep. then there's, you can go beyond D&D calendars and look up those now, you you can use these calendars if you want. Just take these calendars. Of course, there are going to be some things, if you're using it in a world that's made up like your own world, that some things that aren't going to work because yeah. they're, they're going to be dates that associate with like a certain uh, war that was fought in a land that you don't have in your world. Yeah. Well, um, and I mean, you could even just change those yeah. wars to oh, make yeah. it a part of your world, too. You can too. very much change them. And yeah. so I would, like, if you want to, just take those um, and change them a little bit. Add some days in that are specific to your world. Um, change the days that are specific to, if you take the Forgotten Realms calendar, change the days that are specific to a Forgotten Realms place or storyline. Yep. Um, it's pretty simple to yeah, do it's, that way. It's an easy way to, if, if you don't have a lot of time, and you know that you're not going to be investing a ton of time into making your own calendar and your own world, you can kind of take one of those calendars and just transpose it into your into your realm. I mean, and, it's, it's a quick way to do that. And even if you are planning on, hey, I want to make my own calendar, that's a good place to start to just look for inspiration. Yeah, yep, um, yep, to see what they have in it. Um, I'm looking at uh, the Forgotten Realms calendar, and it looks like it has more days in a week than the normal calendar yep. would have. Um, but so if you want to... Um, do that, there's one option. Now, say you don't want to just take an already made calendar. You want to make your own calendar. Uh, there's some things you need to take into account when you're making your own 
calendar. Uh, first of all, the one of the first things you have to decide is how many of things do you want? Yeah, that's a big thing. Yep. How many months do you want? Um, how many uh, days of the week do you want? Um, and both of those will add up, and they're a lot more important than you would originally think because um, having shorter amounts of months, having more more amount of months, having shorter or more amount of days, that's going to make your year um, for your fantasy world either longer or shorter yep. in the long run um, than like the year that we experience in real life. So when you look at a timeline for your world it's if you change up the calendar to be 11 months uh with uh shorter days it's going a year is going to be a shorter year if you yeah. change it up to be you know like it well actually 11 months well whatever whatever yeah. <laughs> whatever but you get what i'm saying so it's either gonna your timeline's going to be either shorter or longer well and you're also um, thinking too not only of that you're thinking of when a person picks a character too that's going to change maybe how much time. If you're planning on playing an extended period of time, it may change how old they start their character. Because if you have a if you have an eight month calendar or whatever, you know, and you, I mean, you may have ten days in a week instead yeah. of you know, it, it may significantly shorten the amount of time that person has to play that character too. And they may have to adjust, you know, and say they wanted to have a forty year old human. If you're going to be playing for multiple multiple years or various amounts of time in this person's life. They may say, I don't want to be a 40-year-old to start. I may be a 20-year-old to <laughs> yeah. start. And then you have that much more time to play. So you have to take that kind of stuff into consideration, yeah, too. And so yeah, so I think, I think both of us would probably suggest the easier route is to make it close. Yeah. Close to the regular year that we um, experience in the real world. Yep. Um, so uh, talking about creating your own calendar, creating your own months. Uh, Chris, let's, let's throw out just some examples of... Uh, giving your if you're going to not just uh, want having your months be named September, November, blah blah. blah. If you want fantasy names for months, let's throw out some ideas. Uh, we can go back and forth one at a time yeah. of just some ideas for fantasy months. So yep. I'll, I'll start us off. Uh, what about a month called Frostmoot? Yeah, or one that I have here is the month of beginnings. It could be the first month in your year, yep. saying, "Hey, we're starting over." Uh, Fell night is another one. Fell night, that's a good one. I like that one. Uh, month of pain, that could be one. I don't know why you would name something month of pain, but that <laughs> that could be one. Uh, Snowmoot, yeah. You got throwing the mood again. Yep. Uh, similar to that, Ulut. Ulut could be one. Yeah, you like, and it's funny because some of these are obviously examples where you take a real word and you to take two words and put them together. Yeah. But it's a fantasy world. Why does it need to be real words? Like it, it doesn't, doesn't need to be. It doesn't. Um these are all these are all examples we're finding off the internet. Some of them are actually ones that I've used as examples in my real calendar. Let's give a couple more. Uh how about high sun? High sun, I like that one. Uh you could do ebb, short, sweet, mm. to the point. Winter wane. Winter wane. You could do month of power. Mm. That could be one. Deep snow. Deep snow. Kind of ironic because we're sitting here looking out the yep. window into it's, deep snow. It's definitely deep snow yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, I hate that so much. Uh, any uh, other ones you want to give? No, I think that's good. Let's um, now. Let's we've given examples for for months. Uh, I've got a couple examples of it, if you want to change up even uh, the days, like the names of the days. Now in my in my world, I just was like I've changed up the months. Like I'm just gonna keep it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like I don't see. I any, just have day one, day two, day yeah, three. Yeah, I don't day see four, any reason to change yeah. up the days. But you can do that. Um, I have a couple examples of basically somebody took our regular days and changed them up a little. So instead of Monday, it's Moon Day. Mm. Um, instead of Tuesday, it's Tower Day. Instead of Wednesday, Wine Day. 
Thursday is Thunder Day. Friday is Fire Day. Uh, Saturday is Swords Day. And Sunday is Saints Day. So you can do something along those lines. Uh, They don't have to sound anything like our regular days, but uh, just giving your fantasy calendar a little bit of oomph, like a little bit of flair yeah. to it yeah. um, and adds to it. Now, uh, one one other thing I think you got to think of when you're working on this made-up calendar is uh, if you're creating a whole new world, and this is something that I've had to think about with my um, world, is you create a calendar. Is that the universal calendar? <laughs> is yeah. that the calendar that's used and accepted throughout the entire world, I think that's a pretty... It's definitely the simplest answer. Is yeah. it the more realistic answer for a a, giant, a large fantasy world? Probably not, so... Different races and different cultures yeah, are going to have different calendars. They'd have different calendars. Yeah. Now, to have a universal calendar, who's to say that you, it's your world? That's the easiest way to do it. You can very much do that. Yeah, I do. Um, so I, I have kind of a take on the one universal calendar. Mm-hmm. I have a universal calendar that everybody kind of you know, takes part in, but each culture has different holidays within that calendar. So everybody kind of adheres to, you know, the calendar. I think it's 293 days or something like that is my calendar, but they all have their own separate, like if you're from one region, one country, you're going to have a specific set of of holidays that go along with that. If you're from another one, you're going to have another set of holidays and stuff like that. But just to keep everything semi-similar i have everybody on a one universal calendar just with different holidays yeah i um i'm not sure yet if my world's gonna have a universal calendar at the very least i'm only gonna make two i'd make either the i'd make uh the western world calendar and the eastern world calendar but for now through the yeah for now i'm just keeping this one calendar that i have but i've taken the same kind of idea i'm my calendar that i i have a calendar that I've given to you guys as players so you can keep track of the amount of days and I have a calendar that I keep with all these side notes of what the certain holidays and dates are that are on there and it's not like all the dwarven holidays it is but it's like it's all good bad like it's been fun too as a player in your campaign to sit and look at the calendar and realize that like oh shoot we were out in the wilderness and I missed mm -hmm. you know the holiday that's specific to to my race or whatever or you're in a city like we had during was it, All Lux Day or something like that. It was like, like during Brew Brewfest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, all, yeah. Yeah. and you just like get to that. partake in like these sweet, like if you're in a city, they are possibly celebrating that festival. It adds a little bit more to the, it, the flavor of your campaign. It, gives and stuff you, like that too. it also gives you a DM once you create this calendar. It gives you, um, you know, sometimes these DMs were like in the moment, like searching for ideas. Like maybe we'll DM for a night and our players will get through something way quicker than we expected. Usually it's the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes true. you get through something way quicker than you expected and you're like, I don't really have much plan for tonight. And not that it's always going to be the answer, but having a calendar with certain festivals and stuff gives you the DM something that you've planned ahead of time that it's just like if you take down like little examples and just uh, write down what each festival is or what each holiday is or what each date of remembrances, like you have something to work with as a DM once your players go into a town, as long as that town like observes that day uh, to have be part of your story. Yeah. Well, and it might it might also too. I was thinking about this. It may give sort of like a recurring theme that happens throughout. So it could be like one year from now, and somebody's like, "Man, I had a ton of fun at Brewfest. Like, yeah. I want to go back for that." 
you know, if you're playing more of an open box sand style or sandbox open world sandbox style, yeah. they could be like, I want to go back to that and town we, for that specific event. We did that, and we did have a ton of fun at yeah. Brewfest. Like honestly, like how, did we do anything at Brewfest that progressed the story? No, not really. No, not um, I can think but of. like some of you guys like joined in on um, at events like like there were games, eating, like there eating was contests, eating contests. There was like a contest. drinking contest, and so like. We're just like wasn't there arm, was there arm wrestling? Or, or I think like it was too? some kind of wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and there was we were just messing around like at the table, like rolling dice, like figuring out what you needed to add to it or like subtract from it. Yep. And like I'm playing all the other contestants, and we like had such a like amazing fun time. And it was like we probably spent about three hours. Yeah, like, I think just, it was a good just majority of our night doing that, doing goofy stuff at this festival. Did it progress the story? No, but it, one, it got it was the beginning of the campaign, so it was a great time for you as characters to get to know each other more. And sometimes it's just fun to sit at the table and just goof off in role playing. Like yeah. those are some of the best nights. Sometimes, yeah, they are a lot of fun. So yeah. that's something that like having a calendar can have um, just just add to your campaign. Yep. Now, specifically when you're putting together a calendar, um, some dates that you want to keep in mind to think about is, uh, one, you want to figure out if you're, especially if you're going to create a calendar that's shorter or longer than the regular calendar, you need to figure out when those seasons start, when they come into play. Maybe your world has a shorter summer. Maybe it has a longer winter. Yeah. Maybe you want them somewhat the same and you just have to do the math if you have a small, a shorter calendar or a long calendar to figure out uh, how many days or maybe are parts of your world are different. If, even yeah. if you're on a one universal calendar, it may be that the northern part, I mean, we'll talk about polarity in a little bit, but if it's like the northern part of your country has six months of winter instead of yeah. two or maybe, three. Maybe know? the northern part doesn't even pay attention to the seasons because they're just like, it's they're winter. It's snow the whole time. It's winter. It's like, this is just what we know. Winter is not coming. It is yeah. here all the time. Yep, yep. So... I mean, that might be something to think about, too. Just mm-hmm. different parts of the world will have different seasons, and that's just what we're trying to say is you have to be thinking through some of that stuff yep, as you do it. It's one of the reasons that we have said before, like, start small, work towards bigs. Yeah. Because there's a lot to add in, and it's a lot better if you take your time with it and work through it than make something, like, the, a way that you in the future will go, I don't like what I did there, but now all of your players are... Um, just they know that with your world, and you have to go and be like, uh, I'm gonna retcon this stuff. Like, right. you know, like it's better to work through it slowly and get something a, a finished project that you love than to just try and blast it out there and right. get something that you don't right. like. Yep. Another thing to think about is the lunar cycles. Um, those are some something that you might want to put on your map or on your calendar because uh, those could affect certain holidays. Maybe yeah. a certain holiday happens. Like, just thinking off the top of my head here, um, werewolf. Like, if you have werewolves that, like, are affected by the cycles of the moon, you might want something. Yeah, you might want, like, that lunar cycle on there. Um, Something I put in here is, okay, so you're working through lunar cycles. Well, does your fantasy world have one moon? Yeah. Does it have two suns? Does it have I didn't even think about that with my world. Mine has two. Yep. And, like, that would be crazy if somebody had... And there's... The lunar cycle is shorter for mm-hmm. one of them. One of them is 28 days. One is 44 days. Yeah. So it's like, that would suck that like every couple of days, every like couple, like every month or maybe half, every two times a month, yeah. somebody has lycan- <laughs> lycanthropy. They're turning well, into could, werewolves. I like, mean, this is just, you know, this is something you think about, but you could have, you could create a world where there's so many moons that 
werewolves are just always running yeah, around that's at true. night because there's always a full And it's like maybe fight. a relief when somebody is crazy. like stop when they don't have one turning they're just like right. oh my gosh who am I? This is starting like, to figure out life It's like again. a rare chance that there isn't a full moon and Hey it's like Jimmy you're back. Oh I can't stay long. I, I got to go again. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow night man, tomorrow night. Uh, but yeah, I have I have two moons in my world. Uh, but one of them is so small that it's more uh, it's it's pretty insignificant when it comes to the lunar cycle. It doesn't affect like werewolves or anything right. like that. Um, but that's something for you to think about when you're coming up with these things for your calendars. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some other things that are um, important. To we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but festivals yep. can be a big thing. We talked about in your world, you have the brew fest or whatever. Yep. You know, and that, this is, that could be a good one. This is something good to hint on, hit on because you you want to, of course, have in the. You want to, of course, have holidays in there, but realize that, especially, I think, with festivals, um, it doesn't have to be a day-long holiday. Yeah. Like, have it be a week. Have it be a month if you want. Yeah. Like, um, in my in my world's calendar, there are four major festivals, most of which hinge on a changing of a season, and they're all week-long. Yeah. Uh, so, it's like, you, like, even like you said, oh, like, we were out in, like, in the woods, and we missed this festival, like... Uh, it's harder to miss a week long yeah. festival. Yeah, that's probably true. still will happen, but it's yeah. harder to miss that. And yeah. and it is more fun when you're in town and you're like, oh, the week long festival, sweet. Have there be and and with that, have there be like sales on items and certain yeah. things like or, games and such. Yeah, like could there also about. be like specific like ones? I mean, you could be within your an own like the same country and one. City will have one festival at one yep. point in time throughout the month, and one will have another one, and one will have another mm-hmm. one, and one will have another one. Maybe they know, remember so. history different ways. Yeah, they celebrate yeah. certain things. Yeah, different. or they just celebrate different things that are native to that part yep. of that country for them. You know, I mean, you yeah, could, exactly. you can think through a ton of fun things to do with festivals. Um, so another thing to think about is holy days, uh, and talking about looking uh, at other calendars for other D and D mythos, like. Go and look up like specific gods in the D and D world, and a lot of them will say, "Here's the holy days for these characters, um, for these gods." Now you can take those holy days and throw them into your calendar, change them up if they have something specific to a uh, another D and D setting. But you can change it up. You can uh, take them just as examples and make up new ones too. Yeah. But holy days, you know, in a world where there are tons of gods, are very important. Um, and that's going to be something that's great for your players' characters to just grab onto if you give them a copy of uh, this calendar because, uh, oh, I worship Heronius. Well, I'm going to want to observe that holiday, right. that holy day that um, is a Heronius-centered holy day or that week that's a Heronius-centered week. Uh, week. And it's like, and that is the, as the DM, if you're creating these, you can give your uh, players like side quests to do. Like I, I know. Speaking of Heronius, I think there, there's a holiday in my world in which, like, for a week, like, follows Heronius. They observe this holiday and they have to go out and they have to right some wrong in the world um, and like offer ah. that up. As you think, you're yeah, you're thinking back to our campaign. Yeah, However, I am. That's well, whatever. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> um, but. Let's just say none of you worship Peronius. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, like, there's, like, a week where you have to right some wrong. And so all Horonius followers, like, big or small, they're trying to right some wrong. Right. Because that is this holiday. And it's something that you can give, like, side quests to your characters by yeah. doing something like that. Yeah, it could be, too. Like, they, uh, you know, one of the ho- 
holidays may involve a pilgrimage mm-hmm. at one you know yeah you, you may yep. have to take a night where it's like pilgrimage this, for farlang yeah travel to a very distant place yep <laughs> yep yeah i mean that could be something that you know the person's like i've never been on this pilgrimage before mm-hmm. and i need to go yeah and they they're they're adamant about it and so you know they have the calendar beforehand they can say hey you know this is two three months away can we plan a night or can you plan a night where we make that pilgrimage to you know a temple or, or wherever it is that you make the pilgrimage go yeah. to so there's yeah. uh you could put in some sort of druids day like days that druids observe um i remember in in the campaign we're playing and now do you remember when uh caleb's character observed a day that was like a druid specific day is that the one where he went to just the druid grove that he wanted to go no, it was a little bit before that he, he went on to the woods and basically oh, did yeah, some yeah, yeah. kind of ceremony because it was it was like winter is like just around the bend and it was a Druid's Day that I think you guys were like, where are you going? What's going on? Because you know, like, Druids are secret. So you yeah. as players are like, we're going to try and get it at it. And, like, so you, like, um, kept going, What's, what are you doing? What are you doing? And you know that he's not going to tell you. Yeah. And he kept on not just being like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And it was him try- going and, like, doing a ritual to say good night to the forest because the forest was going to, like, slumber, quote, unquote, for the winter. Oh, um, I did not know that that's what he was uh, doing for the for. winter. That makes um, sense. And then, of course, in the spring, there's another druid day that's about the awakening of the forest and such. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those are those are some good examples. You could also have, like, celebration of remembrance, like, mm-hmm. for either wars or battles or uh, treaties, deaths of important people of your regions or your, your countries, uh, and inventions. Yep. Like, I mean, you could have some grand invention, like... The day Somebody, that the Warforged were created. Yeah. The day that the Myrrh were created. Yeah. <laughs> Go back and listen to a couple episodes yep. ago. We had all about Myrrh. It was great. <laughs> uh, yeah, or the day that the, that the Myrrh were invented. Something that you know may have yep. shifted people's way of living, and then you you just throw in there that this is something that people would celebrate. Yeah. You know? yeah treaties, uh, death of a uh, king or something. Yeah. Just days that um, are... Holidays to remember certain people. Yeah. And um, we have those in our real world. Like, why not in a fantasy world? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And also don't... I mean, we, we have this this listed here, but don't just remember the good days. Like, there are also... Like, there's good holidays that, like, the majority of people will celebrate, but there's also, like, are there days that the evil groups celebrate where yeah. evil runs rampant throughout your world? Like, yeah. that may be something to pay attention to And they to might well. not be days that your players characters know anything about however possibly if you guys like if you have adventures that you're out in the woods at night and you don't know that that's the day that um the followers of nerul like go and make sacrifices to their god like whatever it is like there's evil like holidays too so and we kind of talked a little bit about that but yeah there's there's just tons of great ideas already out there for you in other D&D calendars in other fantasy calendars Uh, look at those be inspired by those and create your own that's just something amazing that you can do to just add lore to your world yeah so let's talk about now uh, moving from the calendar to the timeline of history in your world. Yep. Now, when you're creating a timeline for your world, I think there's a rule of thumb that you really want to stick towards. Um, and that rule that I would say is to think big enough. 
And what I mean by that is when you're creating your timeline for the world, um, realize that this is a world that you're putting a lot of effort into, a lot of time into. So make the timeline a long enough timeline that you're going to be able to do countless campaigns in this world without feeling boxed in or like, oh, but the timeline ends soon or whatever it is. Like, make it big enough. How big is uh, how big is your timeline? Um, I have about. It's almost. It's about six thousand years. Okay. Um, and I also own the. Oh, I have the right to retcon anything, <laughs> and I have retcon stuff recently because yeah. I actually had I a big terrible incident where I had everything on a hard drive at some point. Everything got erased. Oh, and I had yeah. a, I had a timeline on there. Why everything got erased? So I had to go back recently and change some things up. And I was like, well, I'm changing things up. There were a couple things that I wanted to. Not like a little things that I wanted to change. So, and really, I'm pretty sure that nobody knows what I've changed right, besides yeah, I myself. I um, maybe Mark Ronda because I'm surprised at how much he listens. He remembers a lot. He focused. Like I remember one time Mark was uh, talking about something. I don't remember what it was. If it was he was talking about Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, and he like said something, and he was like, "Oh, and this works like this," and I'm like. No, no, Mark. That's that's my world. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, that's your world that it's in." Oh, I'm just getting all my like <laughs> lore mixed up, and yeah. I was just like, "Yes, I've made it up there with Tolkien and in <laughs> and uh, J.R. or what is J.K. Rowling um, in Mark's mind." So that's cool. <laughs> uh, in Mark's mind. In Mark's um, mind. We but, love you, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> but so uh, when you're creating a, a timeline, think big enough. Let there be plenty of space. Uh, Chris, you're, you're starting. You're working with a blank slate right now pretty much because you've just started working with your yeah. uh, world. And um, I imagine that there's there's going to be gaps in time. Like there's gaps in time on, on my timeline that I have nothing written in. Yeah, I Because have, I, don't like, wanna, I don't want to box myself in and be like, I can't ever I, add new right ideas. Right now in. I'm looking at my timeline. I have about two things within i have mine split up into 500 1000 1500 mm-hmm. 2000 all the way up to 4000 years right now and i have two things within most of them except for three little segments of time there cuz i was just yep. like it's enough where there's key points in history yep. there but i figured on a timeline all of the smaller stuff will just kind of fill itself in depending on where i want to do a campaign in the future on that timeline and so. when when you're working with a blank slate i think one thing you should remember is that your campaigns should be Events, I think a lot of the time, yeah, that should end up on your timeline. Yep, and I think your players will appreciate that their their quests, their missions are important enough to end up on your timeline and, yeah. and add like lore to your world. Yep, I can see on my timeline right now where we are currently. Yeah, yep. like it's it's pretty cool. Um, one thing that you I think should really realize when you're creating this timeline for your world is that the settings of time. Uh, whether you like in my what, what do you call your different settings in my uh, world we have there's different ages we have age of first wonders the heroic age age of abandon uh, the golden age and so on do you have like names for certain I don't, periods yeah, yet? I figured I was gonna do that that was gonna be my next step but I started I didn't want to have like like you look at the world calendar now you have BC and yep. AD or BC before common area and then you have common yep. era or whatever you want to However you want to look at it. I just have it starts at zero, and then it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. You know, So I don't have it split up into different segments. Right I just have dates written yeah. in right now. Um, yeah. and, and when you 
another thing to think about when you're thinking about a whole history and time. Like, there's at some certain point in history, they might have a different timeline than they do, uh, you know, back at the beginning. And they might call a certain period a different thing. But uh, focusing on different periods of time, different ages, whatever they are, I think something that you should really focus on is that different periods of time should be very different in the sense that if you're going to do a campaign in this age, it should be different than this age. Yeah. Uh, now, ta- like with that, like that, you can either technology can improve. Maybe you want to have the very last like um, end of your timeline. Maybe there's there's guns. Like yeah. maybe there's like muskets and things happening. Maybe at the beginning there's not. At the beginning of your time, maybe there's not as much magic because people haven't really focused on like I know for my world, you go to the first age and there's. Like magic is, we're playing in the first age right now, and people and magic fear. is very scary. Yeah. It's not scarce, but people are just discovering it. Divine people, magic, people are all good with because yeah, they're, they're like, oh, they're like the gods at this period gods. of time is like super pre- yeah. prevalent in my timeline. Gods become less and less prevalent, like they become less and less involved or involved in ways that humans and other races go. We don't like they're they're messing up our world. Yeah. Like they're fighting among us and destroying places. Uh, but at the beginning right now, people are all for like God, divine magic. Yep. But yeah. Like the arcane magic, like people fear it. Yeah. Like, you guys are, you guys are different. You guys have met a wizard and you guys love him. Um, but Willie, Willie wonders. Wesley is his name. <laughs> um, not Willie. Uh, but you guys love him. And so, uh, you guys are different in that sense, but most people like wizards could get arrested. It, like, yeah. And it's kind of like this, well, we're not going to arrest you on charges of being a wizard, but we'll find charges for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we'll figure it out. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's like magic is uh, much more concentrated and much more feared. Uh, so each different age should have something different. Right. Um, so when you're working through this timeline, uh, you need to think about those things. You need to think about what about the beginning of your world? Um, I, that was something that I loved working through. Uh, now, how was your world created? Was your world created by the gods? And if it was, like, who were the gods that created the world? Were all the gods that are in your lore, like, there at the beginning? Or did some come in later or whatever? And you can kind of work through that and uh, figure out, like, what are the what gods created the world? Did the gods create the world? Did the gods find this world and come to this world after right. it was already um, made by some other means? But... Um, that's something that you can work through. You can uh, figure out, did certain gods create certain races? Uh, I find my inspiration, although some a lot of people hate this book, um, and I'm not even sure, honestly, how to say it, but what is the J.R.R. Tolkien book? The, Silmar- the Silmarillion. Yeah, Silmarillion. That was a big inspiration for me. Uh, I haven't fully read that book because it is a very difficult read, but you go to like the beginning of that book, it talks about the creation of middle earth and the gods how they created it and i i like was like inspired by that book with the gods creating the world of atos yeah um and you can look at all different sorts of you can look at um different religions and how they have the creation stories and stuff like that to work out a inspiration for your creation of your world which should very much affect the beginning of your timeline yeah and Um, on the flip side of that how does your does your world end yeah. Is there an ending to your world? I is mean, there an ending? Yeah. Is what's, there a cataclysmic event? What's the Does final just scene? Kind of <laughs> did, die out? Yeah. Or? Do uh, do Gith Yankee come and like take it over and destroy it? Like what what happens? Uh, does the world blow up for some reason? Does a god destroy uh, the world? Or 
does your world not have an ending and you your timeline at some point kind of like just just has on. an arrow that it goes on and you uh and that's the thing when you're creating your timeline you don't need to finish it just like yeah. and like one thing once again going back to J.R.R. Tolkien like Middle Earth doesn't if you don't know this about the lore of Middle Earth Middle Earth is our world in in J.R.R. Tolkien lore yeah uh, it gets to the point where all the like magical creatures just man takes over and either the halflings and dwarves kind of just uh become like they uh, they just make so much society, they just mesh with society just, yeah. and the elves just leave and blah blah like but eventually middle earth becomes our world today and so it's a kind of uh, different perspective obviously a fancy perspective right. on where our world began um but middle earth doesn't end the timeline it continues to go but it stops with its stories of middle earth because it no longer matters right. as far as it's the just middle human earth civil wars anymore mm-hmm. at that point in time yeah yeah so do you have a final scene to your timeline and if so what is it and if not does it just keep going on yeah so uh there are benefits to uh framing out the history of your world um so when what are some of these benefits obviously if a pc asks you about certain points in history now with a with a timeline chris you and me have timelines and they're like they're like a page like yeah. we have like different points and a one line different points and different ages or uh different dates uh, but if you know if a pc asks what happened in 1912 of the age of blah blah like what who was the king of like i wouldn't have a specific some, answer i was you. thinking through some of this it, it also is like so right now i'm doing a campaign that's about halfway through on the timeline that i have created right now mm-hmm. so like if anything happened before then like if i do a campaign before then that'll answer some of those questions that people will ask yeah um so like if i were to do like i'm doing midway through my campaign now if i were to do one earlier next time that one gets done then i do one in the future it's like somebody could ask a question about you know, somebody has some history question about my past world, about, you know, the dragon wars that are going on right now. I could answer a lot of those questions for you because they came up with most of the history yeah. of that part in time. And we'll either they'll remember and they'll be like, hey, this is what happened. Or I'll remember and I'll be like, hey, this is what happened in that point in time. You know, so that was something that I had, I had thought about, you know, a lot of that stuff, the framing of history is I don't know a lot of it, and you don't know a lot of it, but some of that could be answered later just by the campaigns yeah. you simply do. But it gives, like, having some sort of frame when your players have questions, you will have some sort of reference. And even if it you do pull something out of your butt at the time, like, at least you have a frame of reference of what will work into specific timelines. Yes. Um, so, when, one thing, one other thing you want to remember, or just a disclaimer here, while you're working through uh, the history of your world, um, and making a timeline. This was something because I just recently printed out a timeline, so and all you guys can see it. Be careful. Uh, be careful not to give away historical events that you want to use in the future that are going to hinge on a campaign or um, like if you have an event that you're like, man, I'd like to play a campaign in the future that I want it to kind of end like this, but I want the players to have some kind of control over it. Like putting that on the timeline with a specific ending is not going to be good. There are there are things that. I put on the timeline that I made sure to name certain events, names that you guys would look at and be like, I have no clue what the heck that means because I don't want you guys to have any clue of what it means because I don't want you to know the history because I am planning on playing in Atos 
for a very long time. Yeah, don't and make so it, I don't want yeah. to give away things that you guys are going to be playing campaigns and have like surprise moments in. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like you can just name it something obscure that it's mm-hmm. like I have no idea what that is, but you know in your heart like yeah. this is the time when. You know, we talked about this jokingly a little bit earlier. The moon people came or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. But you name it something completely obscure so the people are just like, well, that's something that's going to happen in the future, but I don't know that it's moon yeah. people attacking the world. An example, in my world timeline, there's an age called the Shadow Age. Now, Do you want Chris, me to plug my ears? No, no, so no, no well, I'm going to talk about it. Well, here's the thing that I, we have to be careful about, you and me as DMs now, is we know that our players listen to this yeah. podcast. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, oh, we have to be really careful about what we if say. you play in our, podcast, or in our <laughs> campaigns, plug your ears. Yeah, right, but um, there's this age called the Shadow Age. Now, Chris, Shadow Age, does that sound nice to you? No, no. I would assume you looking at our time, at the, my timeline would go. Shadow Age doesn't sound like the greatest time to live. And then it begins with this event called the Caster's Great Folly. Chris, what happens to the Shadow Age? The Caster's Great. Folly. You have folly. no idea. You would you look at it and you're like, oh, that's like that's like the Shadow Age on the colors of the timeline. I it's have my gray. assumptions. You're like, okay, clearly it's not good. Something bad happens in your world. But like I've named it, I've named it uh, intelligently enough that it's like, yeah, you might have assumptions, but I've heard assumptions of people going, oh, I know it's going to happen in this campaign all and the time, completely wrong. and it's like every time, like they're they're like somewhat close to right, like somebody wants to be like, see, I knew it, but there's so many times they're so wrong. It's like it's like I could point out all the times that you're completely wrong, like to the player, like be like, oh, player, you're completely wrong, like, yeah. but they don't want to focus on those times. But yeah, like name it something. Um, that it's not going to give something away. You can still put it on there, but be obscure about it. Yeah. Yep. Because that could give away historical events yeah. of the future that you don't want your players to name. Uh, what about, uh, we talked a little bit, I talked a little bit about this earlier, but uh, what does it look like to let your players write the history? Yeah, I guess while we're on the subject of uh, being careful about letting players um, know things, like it's, it is important, I think, to help, to let your players help write your timeline like we said your campaigns should be important things and they may do things within that campaign that is going to significantly alter the future of your campaign yeah yeah and it's i think that it's i think it's important and it's a great thing because it shows your that you love your players enough to let them be part of your world they're going to be the only ones playing in your world so they should be part of your world yeah um we have played campaigns where um, certain characters that players have played, they're now they're now historical figures in my world. People like know they, who they are. Yeah, yeah. like uh, every we talked about Jophiel last week on the flawed, flawless or flawful episode. I still am pissed that you got flawful. <laughs> I hate that. Um, and Jophiel became a a very significant historical figure in the fact that he like progressed the Church of Lear and made these big churches and. Uh, when you guys played a futuristic campaign that took place uh, a thousand years into the future, like you guys went through this this uh, city that you guys had been in before in the past, and it was this great city, and in that time period, it was decimated by dragons. Yeah. And you guys were walking through the city, and you guys went through this decimated cathedral, and you saw like a painting that like Jovial did. Now was you it a painting? I thought it was a statue or something. I think like I, that. I, it was a painting. Oh, you saw that, statues okay. too. Maybe you, you you remember the statue more. But yeah, you saw like paintings and statues and like 
you're the players were like, oh my gosh, it's jovial. The characters had no yeah, clue, like, but it was this was moment guy? that transcended like the players' knowledge, character knowledge, yeah. and you guys were just like, this is awesome. Our characters have no like interest in this, but I think this is so cool. And that like kind of thing adds like just use things like that in your campaign, and your players will just be like going crazy yeah. to see that their character that they put effort into and time into has made it into the list of historical people yeah, in your world. being remembered is a yep. really cool thing. Yeah. yeah. Once again with this, I think we both say... There's a disclaimer that needs to be said. Yeah, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, you and me have experienced the good and bad of players before. Yes. Um, and so what would we say is the be careful with this. <laughs> Some players can take this power and want to troll you with it. Yeah, I think that knowing that their players can be huge parts of your history some players are going to go they're going to take that to an extreme yeah they're going to go what if i do this and completely mess up his timeline like so be careful yeah (laughs) don't like give your players that good feeling let them be huge uh their characters hinge on huge moments in your history but don't feel like you need to mess up your timeline because some player's character wants to troll you yeah, um, yeah and realize most of the time it's not the character it's the player that wants to do that so uh just yeah. be careful with how you do that and know that that might and very probably will happen at some point and figure out how to deal with that appropriately yes so let's talk about maps now let's talk about the space of your world let's continue to talk about creating a world but let's talk about mapping out your world so one of the coolest things i think about any campaign and mitch i loved when you did your campaign starting it out you handed us all a map to see like where we were gonna be like you you gave us one map one time that was of your whole world and then you gave us a map this time of of your smaller one little continent that we're we're stuck in for this time Mm -hmm. and so when you are thinking about your campaign that was one part that i really liked as a player that my dm made for us and now that's not something that you necessarily have to do but it adds a cool little kind of feature to your world that that characters and players really really appreciate and so when you're thinking through a map, and we've said this before, and I think it was like one of our very first episodes was yep, one of our first start time. small to big. Don't yep. start with the, the large world all at one yeah, time. We would recommend don't start, if you're first DMing, don't make the world and then while you're trying to juggle like how to make your world, try to figure out where in the world, pick one place, make a small continent, make a, not continent, country, make a small island, Start your campaign in that island, and as you're working on that island and that campaign, use your free time to start to create the world around it. And I think that's where we're going to assume, I mean, we've talked about small to big in the past, and so this one's going to be specifically about creating the big, creating a map side of things. Um, And there are some things that you need to make sure you're thinking about when you're creating a campaign, or creating a map. Things that possibly, when you're creating a map, and just... Um, I know for for me, like my first map, like was on a um, smaller poster paper. I still have it hanging up there on the oh, wall. Yeah. Um, it's like it's. I love it. It's sweet. I want to frame it someday. The first map I created of the world, um, and like I started with one island, and that island is in pretty much the center of the world. But um, and it's one of my. Uh, I know like Jared always says that that's his favorite place. Um, to travel to but you start with the small you go to the big you make that map and i think to draw it out is the best thing to start off with yeah um to create that's what i did too yeah for to my create your I started and then we'll talk drawing. about like where you go from there after you hand draw it but some things you want to think about 
you want to think about uh, the polarity of your world and kind of working along with that like one of the first things I think you need to think about is is your world a remembering that this is a fantasy world is your world round or is it flat um, is, you know is it a is it a planet floating out there in space or is it like a, a flat like a flat world that has been created by the gods like whatever it is because there's some big differences that are gonna happen with your world. If it's round, yeah, I mean or you're gonna it's flat. You're gonna have different types of climates yep. that are gonna occur. You're gonna have some areas where, if you're close to the, I mean, taking our world as an example, the equator, it's going to be way warmer. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on where the sun is pointing at your at your world, it's gonna be way warmer in those areas. It's gonna yeah. be, it's gonna create deserts. It's gonna create tropical environments, wastelands. I mean, that's just if you create the world map and you create it like a just a flat map and. I mean, if it's a round world, you should be able to travel to one side of the map to the other by just going, you know, that way, even though the map ends because it's a round world. Right. I know that I know that Mark Ronda specifically is listening intently right now because I still have not revealed if my world is round or flat and he keeps on talking about it. Are you going to reveal it? No, I'm not. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. Uh, Because one one day we'll find out if it's round or flat. But there's, like, round or flat. Like, there's huge, like implications to that simple question that could lead to huge like great campaign like settings like uh exploring like to see if it is a round world and like going uh you know you can create trade routes and such or different travel methods because it's a round world a flat world well what happens in a flat world like does it have an ending like and if it does have an ending what happens when that world ends like I think of like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean where oh, yeah. they, it's a huge waterfall or like uh, I think it's the same almost same kind of concept in Chronicles of Narnia I think it, I think in think, Chronicles yeah. of Narnia it's like a waterfall going up because I think that the mouse like reap a cheap like gets in a boat and like floats up yeah, that's into right. like yeah, Aslan's country but yeah. like they're like you need to ha- figure out like does is it just an endless sea that just keeps going and you'll never reach an end like you'll just it, keep going yeah and going like and going but and like they're like that simple question of round or flat is something i think when you're making a world you got to think of because that can lead to a whole campaign yeah it in could. itself yeah uh, which it will in, our, in my world at Ooh. some point <laughs> are we gonna be like cartographers or we something? will we will see yeah that's i think somebody's brought that up and i was like well yeah i think so essentially yeah <laughs> but um that's what you're doing that's a simple question and and i mean that can also if you want to make a very scientific world talking about the polarity like uh, you know climate's gonna be the same like different like you said like like you said, equator. Um, is there going to be a northern and a southern hemisphere? And is it like you know, like is Does it that cold? affect like, the seasons? And yeah, stuff like exactly. That? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and going with that, like you create types of countries, types of land, uh, temperate climates, uh, tropical wastelands, deserts, Arctic climates. Uh, yeah. My my world has very almost like I've made I've tried to make it realistic in the temper in the climate setting. But it's almost a little bit more like the Star Wars like climates. Like if you ever really paid attention to Star Wars, like it's like planet completely covered in snow, planet completely covered yeah. in water, yeah. planet completely a forest, like planet, planet completely, completely a, a city, desert. yeah, yeah a desert. A city. It's like like I didn't notice that until I was older. I was like, that is so hilarious. <laughs> like, they just they just went to the extremes of every single one. Yeah. I had to cut out all of the like. We don't want to have to deal with thinking of seasons and doing things at different <laughs> now, times. Yeah, and now my world is different than that. It's not that extreme, but it is like when I say like Azan Kazad, most of my players know that that's going to be a snowy continent. Yeah. When I say we're playing mm-hmm. in the Twitter campaign Fargorn, and you guys know that's 
wastelands and deserts. Like, yeah. yeah. And so you kind of know that the country is, for the most part, one specific extreme or another. Yep. Going along with that, uh, you want to think about uh, the boundaries for, like, the borders of your countries. Um, Are they unnatural? Um, Or, like, are they just lines that, like, have been determined by different countries and such. Yeah. Or are they... Do they follow mountains yeah, for do, natural? Do they follow rivers they natural, or yeah. whatever? Mountains, uh, rivers, like you said. Obviously, an ocean would be a That'd natural be a boundary. a big natural um, boundary. But, and then it's funny because we just talked about timelines and calendars and the time aspect of the world. But if you really want to get deep into this, <laughs> think about... Time and maps are also going to change. Like, the map of the world is not... It doesn't have to stay, and it probably shouldn't stay the same from the beginning of your world to the end. Um, I know, like, in we're playing in the beginning of the world campaign right now, and I've said, like, oh, you guys already have the world map, but you guys have no clue about the eastern world. Like, you guys don't know it's there. Like, you guys don't know about the southern world. Like, you guys have, like, the the northwest part of the world you guys know about that right. but even like the country you're in like the eastern side has been mapped but you don't know what's over there. yeah and like we're slowly know, exploring and yeah, figuring exploring out like you yeah. guys are the lewis and clark of yeah you know your time yeah. for that but it's like that's something to take in consideration like things will like borders might change lands might change names like that all kind of stuff with different times so if that's something you want to really get into maybe you've already created your map maybe it's time for you to start going hmm different timelines are going to offer different maps yeah different yep. ages um so chris uh, especially like i've i've been like you said i've been working on my i've had my world map for a long time i've been giving maps out to players for a long time the ev- there's been an evolution of how i've done that but you've you've uh, just been starting to create your world and so you've especially been really working through map creation and so mm-hmm. we have some like ideas for map creation I'll throw it let me talk about the drawing of the maps first because yeah, I, I think I I think you've gotten a good head start like than I did working with it because um, you know you've seen like different ways of doing it but I yeah. started out with drawing the maps all the maps I drew so much time and so I drew all these maps and so one idea you can do when you're drawing these maps is uh, to make if you're gonna hand them out to players like I you would use a copy machine I yeah. copy the one map I had and then I bring them home I get a tray and I take tons of tea bags heat them up and drop them all in this uh, like uh, a pan and just like let them soak and then I'd burn the edges and stuff and so when people came to the table I'd give them like this burnt up old looking map of the area and they'd like write on it and stuff it was cool um, but took there's a lot of time for you took to do a lot that, of times but you know I've I've always spent a lot of time on D and D. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now we're doing a podcast, and so our lives are consumed by it. Yes. But um, there's other ways. So why don't you talk about like some of the other ways that you can edit maps? Because you've gotten really into this lately. Yeah, this has been something that I've spent a lot of time. I've been looking up different ways to do it. I started out the first way I did it was just simply on Photoshop, mm-hmm. basically using it as like the Microsoft Paint way yep. of doing things, just bordering, filling in creating taking little images putting them on as like a map like as a as like or as like a mountain or put a little tree to represent a forest or and something you can like that. you can scour the internet and there's search fantasy map icons on google yep. and you'll get you'll stuff. find tons of them yeah i did it that way and then i was like well my borders look a little off uh, i took a picture of it and then i put it onto my computer mm-hmm. and then i traced over it and it got a little bit better 
And I was just like, I just, I, I was like, I feel like this is lacking still. I feel like it just looks like I used Microsoft Paint and just try to do it that way, uh, using still using Photoshop. And there was one way that I started doing it, and some of you may have seen this uh, on the internet, uh, but I, I, I used this kind of diagram-ish, it's like 10 or 11 pages, called the Sataran Tutorial, The Way of Doing Maps. It was using Photoshop, using, I think it was Photoshop 7 or later, but I know I have 6, you have 6. I finagled it six, to make it six, work. Oh, man, it's, we're working with an old so school old one. Old. But, but I, don't have have to money, pay, so. I don't want to have to pay 30 bucks a month <laughs> no, for Photoshop. No thanks. Uh, but so I did this, and it's like 11 pages of how to follow it, and it looks sweet now. Like, you've seen a little kind of tutorial mm-hmm. of it. I loved it. I loved using it. Uh, it's It's almost like a like satellite picture from the sky of like using Google Earth. That's kind of what yeah, I've gotten cool. it to look like. Uh, and so I'll, I'll post pictures of that later. But that's that's the way that I, I have done it now. What have what have you done as far as your You know, your I, I think stuff? that your the textures that you've used have been really interesting. And I, I'd like to try taking the maps that I've already worked on the uh, computer and see how the textures work with that. But I've you know I've been working with Photoshop six for years yeah, ever since yeah. i ever got it like which and was yours, in high school yours looked way better than i did when i just used like, <laughs> well and once and again like yeah. i've had years and yeah, years yeah, of experience yeah. there was a point in my um life that i wanted to be a computer graphics artist so um you know i have i have a little bit of a leg up on that but right. but like i like you said before like i i've made maps by drawing them all out so what I've done is, whether it was like an individual map that... You know what I did is I took the original world map that I drew, and I took a picture of it like with a really nice camera, because me and my wife bought a camera um, with our tax returns last year, and we, we wanted to get a really nice... So we got one. And so I got took a really nice camera, took a really nice picture of this world map, so I could zoom in. And so now when I create... I cut the different countries that I want to make maps of, like, they're all... They're all exactly the way they are. Like, the borders are exactly the way. So if you printed them out in the right size, you could take the different maps that I print out and mesh them together, and they would fit perfectly. Right. Because they all come from the same master image. But then I'd, you know, I'd, I'd work with the... I'd do the same thing you said. Uh, find icons on the internet. Um, you know, I'd work with uh, the uh, colors, and so I'd uh, put different gradients and stuff over it to make it look different, but... Either way, like it is a long process, but the result is really nice. It makes it really um, cool we for will, your players. We will throw up uh, some images of both timelines and calendars and maps that we've worked, so you guys can see kind of uh, what we've worked through. Uh, but it's it's something that when you give that to your player, you're going to immerse them into your world much yeah. more than just going, "We're in the land of this." Well, if you give them a map that they're able to you know, go along and look through and be like, oh, we've moved from here to here. Uh, maybe you want to get so intricate with your maps. This is something we didn't even talk about, but, like, travel distance, like, with your maps. Yeah. Maybe you want to come up with a certain, like, uh, you can take a ruler and, like, tell exactly by walking or taking a carriage. Like, um, with this campaign, I've gotten into that more. And, like, I know uh, our player Caleb has on many times going, man, that's a long time it's going to take. And it's like, well... Trying to make my world more realistic because yeah. it takes a long time to travel. Yeah. Like you don't have jet planes, you don't have that stuff. You're you don't traveling. have automobiles. Yeah. You have a horse, and so you guys have much more now. Decided, I don't want to walk anymore. I want to pay the little money it takes to take a carriage because I'm going to be safe that way, and it's going to take me like possibly. T- we're yeah, hopefully uh, 
just it's gonna take it's gonna make it twice as quick right like the travel and so like you guys will shell out the like money for like a carriage yeah. because it's just the right way to not go not anymore we have our own mounts now yeah now you have your own mounts did, but even yeah. now you have your own mounts so it makes it it makes yeah. it still better so yeah. Uh, but yeah it's making maps for your campaign so that players can follow along they can know the world they'll get more acquainted to your lore can immerse them so much and timelines maps calendars these are all great ways uh, like we talked about on this episode that uh, can really just immerse you into the world. So this week we do not have a light bulb for you, um, but next week is, or this week actually that you guys are listening to it, is Thanksgiving week. So we're going to be taking this week off uh, for a, a little bit of a break. Um, so we'll miss you guys, uh, but uh, everybody, we hope that you all have a good Thanksgiving. We're looking forward to this weekend where we get to go to Comic-Con yeah, and hopefully see some people. But um, just everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, instead of our light bulb this week, we have something different that we want to share. Um, is We want to, uh, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, uh, give out just a, a special thanks uh, to some very special people and groups of people. So, Chris, uh, let's, let's start thanking some very special people. We have quite a long list of people that we want to thank. And uh, Mitch, I'll start us off with our first group of people, of course, the creators of Dungeons and Dragons, Gary Gygax, and Dave Arneson, none other. We also want to thank, uh, during this holiday season, J.R.R. Tolkien, Jack Vance, and all the other uh, amazing writers of fantasy lore that have inspired uh, both D&D and the lore behind D&D, and just our minds as all the Dungeon Masters around the world, yeah. like Ignite, the Spark just inspiration yeah yeah we want to also thank all the wizards of the coast yes, people of course, yep. wizards of the yep. coast. and wizards in general and, yeah, i want to thank specifically yep. <laughs> um we of course thank all of you our loyal fans who continue to listen to our show who continue to promote it uh thank you so much for all you guys just listening in enjoying our podcast giving us five star reviews and just continuing to like tell other people about it. Thank you so much. They make much. me want to keep doing this over yep. and over, oh, over yeah. again. This is, this is what yeah. it's all about. Yep. We also want to thank all of the players of the world who play in people's campaigns because without you guys, we would be lonely dungeon masters. Just sitting around a table arguing about what the rules are yep. and such. Um, and of course, we want to give a special thank you to our players uh, that play in our campaign. Uh, you who guys know who you guys are thank you for playing and enjoying our otherwise we would be lonely dms sitting yeah, at a table arguing one-on-one and arguing rules <laughs> yeah so we want to thank dungeons in general they're pretty awesome without yeah, them even though they're stinky and gross and wet like in dark but we should make a really nice dungeon yeah, yeah. but they're but thank you dungeons. yeah uh, we want to thank dragons uh, even though you know, some of them they are can mean. be smelly and stinky and dirty and, as well, and dangerous and yeah. burn your flesh off. But thank you, dragons. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, Mitch, I'm gonna get a little sentimental on you. Oh, no. I just want to thank you oh, as a dungeon master. Please. Being a dungeon master, it's been fun playing in your campaigns, oh. and also just doing this podcast as well. Oh gosh, oh Chris, I just want to thank you, dungeon master Chris, for just your time and efforts in this in this amazing podcast, and just uh, your time and effort as a dungeon master. It's just so good. Oh, it sounds so good. <laughs> thank you, Chris. So uh, we're going to end on that note. Uh, we, we, we thank you guys for everything that you do, and we just want to let you know um, you can find us on our website. We're going to be posting a lot of stuff from this episode uh, with maps and timelines and stuff like that. You can find it on our website. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, give us a five-star review. 
You can also find us on Stitcher. We recently just joined there. So if you're on the go and you want to listen to us on there as well, uh, you can find us on there. Yeah, one person we, came to me on Twitter and was like, hey, are you guys on Stitcher? Two days later, we're on Stitcher. That's how personable we are. <laughs> yeah, toot our own horn there. Uh, you can also contact us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. Uh, so if you have any stories or news or whatever you want to make us aware of, uh, we would love to communicate with you through our email. You can also follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's DMS underscore block. DMS block on Twitter. Uh, just follow us for news on our podcast, for news on D&D in general, uh, for memes. Great time on Twitter. And also like us on Facebook. Uh, we've... We don't get as much traffic there, but it's growing, man. It's yeah, growing. Facebook's so like, dying. Well, I, I think it is. But um, that's, so like us on Facebook yeah. before Facebook dies off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just thank you again for listening to the Dungeon Master's blog, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all the people at the table. Happy Thanksgiving, Happy everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Keep on Dungeon Mastering. Hi, Mitch. How are you? Uh, good. <laughs> oh, <gross. laughs>